All right. All right. If you have your Bible and you'd like to read along uh, today, <coughs> excuse me, we are in the book of Romans, and we're going to be reading two verses today. Uh, Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, we're going to be reading verses 1 and 2. All right, Pastor, get there. Hey, here we are. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. Father, thank you again for your word. Thank you that... Inside the words of the Bible, we are able to discover the word, the word that is the way and the truth and the life. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to receive the truth that sets us free. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'd like to begin, as I always do, whenever we pick a verse out of the Bible, we have to begin with the context of the Bible, or as a farmer would say, the ground that the seed is planted in. What is the ground around the seed? And for that, we'll go back to, in, in Romans chapter 10, Paul was writing about God's purpose for Israel's unbelief. Why did God's elect people unbelieve? Why did they stop believing? Seems like a strange thing, but there's a very good reason, and Paul describes that in Romans chapter 10. You see, after the fall, humanity was lost, completely separated from the Lord. Adam and Eve had chose their own way. And due to that, they were separated from God. And there was no way on earth that they, on their own, could return to God's grace. Not possible. So God needed someone to enter into a covenant relationship with him because that was not God's will. He didn't want us to be separated from him. He created us to live with him forever. So it was not good for us to be separated. Abraham was that man that entered into that covenant with him. And because of Abraham, a Hebrew, God laid the path for Abraham to show us the way. And that way was that way to the to be redeemed was through faith. Faith. Abraham had to believe God. In fact, the Bible tells us that he did believe God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. 
This path was followed by Isaac and Jacob, who later God renamed Israel. But redeeming a select people, hear me friends, redeeming a select people was not God's means. It was not God's end. It wasn't finished. It wasn't good yet. So after giving Moses the law and the old covenant, after delivering the Hebrew people from the bondage of slavery at the hands of Pharaoh, God raised up judges like Gideon and Samson. But then the people didn't trust Samuel's sons. They weren't like Samuel. They didn't revere the Lord the way Samuel did. So, and for good reason, when you read about the things that they practiced, you can understand how the people wouldn't trust them. You see, Samuel's sons did not revere the Lord as Samuel did. And so the people decided at that point that they wanted a king to lead them. Thus Israel entered into the era of the kings to lead and the prophets to guide. Does that make sense? But God knew all along, and if you will, God intended all along, that God's elect Israel would fall away from him and fall into unbelief. Why? Why would God intend his people Israel to turn away and reject him? Why? So that all of humanity might find the right to believe and receive him through Christ Jesus our Lord. It's a great love story. It's a love story. God wanted all of the peoples of the world to have the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. John 1, 12 and 13. So when we get to Romans 11, Paul is communicating that it's not the person's lineage, it's not a person's lineage or a person's race, it's not a person's nationality, it's not a person's name or their parents' name or their grandparents' name. That's not how each is saved. It's because of God's great kindness to those that are not of Jewish descent. Does that make sense? It's because of God's great kindness to those that are not of Jewish descent that we might have the right, that we might all have the right to believe and receive him to be saved. This is why Paul begins chapter 12 by saying, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of God's mercy to those not of Jewish descent, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. But then in verse 2, Paul communicates how they were how they are to how we are to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. How do we do that? 
Verse 2, Paul writes, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. The pattern of this world. And again, we've talked about this before, but for the benefit of today, what is the pattern of this world? Well, the pattern of this world is the continuing on in the nature of Adam and Eve. To think my thoughts, to choose my ways, to do it my way. Thanks, old blue eyes. Right? That is the pattern of this world. Doing it my way. And doing it my way while ignoring God our creator and our sustainer of all things, ignoring our savior and redeemer, doing my life my way is following the pattern of this world. Did you know that? Absolutely. Even Christians can follow the pattern of this world. Do it my way. The way I think it needs to be. But I'd like for us to see that living in this pattern, living in the pattern of this world is living without faith. That's what it is. It's living without faith. And what do we know? What does the Bible tell us about faith? Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Is that what it says? Just give me a nod. Is that what it says? You believe that? Okay, good. I like that. So how is it possible for us to continue on living according to the pattern of this world and be earnestly seeking Christ at the same time? How is that possible? Well, the answer is that's kind of like living lukewarm at best. And we know what the risen, resurrected, glorified Jesus had to say about the lukewarm church in Laodicea in the book of Revelations. I'm about to puke you out. I'm sick of it. That's tough stuff. Christian, that's why we are to always remember that we are only saved because of God's great sacrificial mercy. We are not to conform to the pattern of this world. It don't matter that we live here. It don't matter that the news is on every day. It don't matter the way things happen in this world. We are not to conform to the pattern of this world, period, end of report. But we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. How are we transformed? It happens in here. This is how we are to overcome. This is how we are to begin to live like Jesus. Living like Jesus is the only way that we can continue Christ's mission to go and make and baptize 
and grow disciples for Christ. We can't do it any other way. Christian, we need to learn how to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And today we're going to begin to see how we do this. We'll continue that next week. Most of you here probably know that 2020 and 2021 were not the greatest years for the human being, Michael Carey. That's me. Not the greatest years for the human being, Michael Carey. And as a result of living through that time, I felt very broken. Very broken. The reason why I was feeling broken was because of all of the ways I wanted things to turn out. I was feeling broken. I prayed that this thing, whatever this thing is that continues to go around, I prayed and prayed that it would go away. I prayed that Trump would win. I wanted God to restore Ted Wilson to us. And I was disappointed when the Lord took him home to glory instead. Finally, in January of 2021, after getting home from the hospital, after whatever this thing is, and after I didn't bounce right back, I became distraught. For I didn't understand why. I didn't understand why. Why was it taking so long to be restored? And truthfully, the answers were very slow in arriving. But last fall, the answers began to arrive. I had begun attending Phil Moffat's Bible study through Psalm 119. And throughout that study, the Lord began to reveal the truth that would set me free. You see, I had been seeing and responding to life according to the pattern of this world. Rather than the pattern that the Lord had set up for Christian to live in. And I've repented of that. I've repented. Thank you, Jesus. In December, the Lord took me back to the story of Moses and the Lord in Exodus 33 and 34. Moses wanted to see the Lord in all of his glory. He wanted to see the Lord in all of his fullness of his glory. He wanted to see it all. And I began to set my mind on meditating on that passage, on those, on those two chapters, seeking to understand why the Lord chose not to show him his glory. I began to filter everything through that the Lord had ever taught me about himself from, from Sunday school all the way up to today, filtering Everything the Lord had taught me about himself in my 53 years of life. He began to show me how Christian naturally works to obey God. I want you to hear that again. 
he began to show me how Christian naturally works to obey God in my own strength. How we work hard. How we be holy because he's holy. And I began to see how easy it is for Christian to live in a works-based faith and then to devisely judge each other based upon what we do for the Lord. It was then that the Lord showed me something that I had never seen before in its fullness. The light shined on a truth that I had never seen before in Romans 12, 1 through 2, when we filter it through Exodus 33 and 34. It says we are transformed into the image of Christ. It's what it means. Not by working really hard. Not by trying really hard to be more like Christ. Certainly not by biting our tongue rather than saying what we're thinking. Now I know you've been there. It says we are transformed into the image of Christ by the renewal of our minds. Then we will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, his pleasing and perfect will. I don't know about you, but that's where my heart has desired to live for years. That's where I want to live. Transformed by the renewing of my mind. Then to be able to test and approve what God's will, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's where I've wanted to live for years. To live the surrendered life. To live as a living sacrifice. To live a holy and pleasing life before the Lord. To live out this way as a spiritual act of worship. You know, I understood for a long time that the way to live this way was to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I've known long, long, long time. I've known that. Because it matters what we put in here, friends. Because what we think on, so we will be. Because our minds are a crockpot. What do we find going around in our heads all day, every day? Are we worrying about this, that, and the other thing that's out of our control? Or are we stewing on the Lord, the Lord, and who He is? And who he is capable of being because that's who he is. It matters what we allow to roll around in our minds. It matters more than you can possibly imagine. You know, the devil makes a living breathing lies upon us. Because when we believe lies, we will be defeated. Christian will be defeated. You see, it's the truth that sets us free. John 8, 32. It's essential for a Christian to know he or she, who he or she is in Christ. That's why I found 
my mom's email that she forwarded to me back in 2007 entitled The Bell. Why I found that so helpful. It has a number of scripture verses that tell who we are in Christ. It's one of the reasons why I took each one of them and studied each one in a Bible study in, 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 in striving to understand it. And I, and I wrote out in my own words what it is for me. It's a great thing. It's been very helpful. For those that are curious about that, there's copies of it back at the Welcome Center. You're welcome to take one. I can always make more copies. That's easy uh, to take them. Uh, I would encourage you to use it as a Bible study, your own personal devotions, and study one of those verses a day or one a week, however you want to do it, but to study and learn what it is that God says about a Christian for those that are in Christ. It's very valuable. For those that are hearing this podcast, you too can get this information by contacting Spring Life Church at springlifechurch.org. That's springlifechurch.org. Go to the prayer request section, click on it, leave your contact information, and I will contact you. And I will get you the information that you are looking for to help you start it in learning who a Christian is through the eyes of the Lord. It is important for a Christian to know who we are in Christ but it's a great place to start, to start. But what the Lord has taught me through over the last two years is that even all of, the inform, all of that information is incomplete unless we view, unless we see, unless we are dwelling upon the Lord in all of his glory first. Because when we see him, we are changed. Not when we're singing out worship choruses, we're changed. Not when we're reading about who we are in Christ, we're changed. It's when we see him, we're changed. But what the Lord taught me really is to look and to see him in all of his glory. And unfortunately for today, we are out of time. But next Sunday, uh, if you are here, you will hear the rest of uh, this section of the message. Uh, if you're not here, you're welcome to see my podcast to look on uh, Spring Life's Facebook page. And the link will be there to hear that. But if you are within driving distance, I would encourage you to come out and to hear that as well. We'll dive into the difference the Lord will make when we are transformed by the renewing of our minds by seeing Him, by dwelling upon Him in all of His glory. Then, then we will really be able to, as Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, to trust in the Lord with all of your heart and to lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make 
your path straight. You see, because when that happens, then we will be able to love our neighbor the way we're called to love our neighbor. So next time we'll dig into the Lord's proclamation to Moses as he passed by him in Exodus 34, 6b through 7a. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin, yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. There's a dear lady that attends Spring Life Church. She knows who she is, who I'll say, well, see you next Sunday. See you Sunday. And she responds, Without a hitch every time, Lord willing and the creek don't rise, I'll see you next Sunday. And so for all of you that are here today, for all of you that are hearing this, this podcast, Lord willing and the creek don't rise, we'll see you here next week. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Lord, I thank you that you are God I thank you that you are Lord. You are Lord. I thank you that you are first off the Lord and you are compassionate and gracious, that you are slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness. Lord, I thank you. Father, we thank you for this word that we have begun to to dig into and begin to see and Lord, I pray that you just have given us a glimpse of the difference that you make in our lives when we submit to you completely. Father, we thank you that you are faithful and true. Thank you that you are love and mercy. Thank you so much that you are patience. (laughs) Thank you. Father, we just pray that uh, as we conclude our time of worship that you will continue reminding us of this message throughout our week. Lord, I pray that you will reawaken in our hearts and our lives that it is possible to live like Jesus this side of heaven. And Lord, we thank you and praise you and worship you and ask all of these things in Jesus' name. And for a third time today, all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. All right, let's stand.